Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 46 of Up and Down Golf Podcast with your host Slim. My co-host Benny, Benny Golf. What's going on? Not much, bro. Not much. Just uh, buzz back from work and we're feeling all right. We're, we're grinding it out and clearly I look like I still want to be playing golf in Florida, but I thought you got to say you got that floral hat on. What, what did they say at work for for wearing that to to work, or did you? I didn't. I just threw it on now. Yeah, my hair was a bit of a mess, so I didn't wear it at work. But can, yeah. can you wear hats at work? Mm, there's one person who does, but I don't think it's encouraged. <laughs> and the one guy wears it pretty much every day. But same lid. Pretty much, it's like a gray Titleist rope hat. It's kind of nasty. Oh, okay. So it's a nice yeah. lid. At least. Yeah, better than your stupid fucking hat you're wearing now, buddy. What's wrong with my hat? You you, <laughs> you 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 thought it was in spite of you. I it just I like to wear Christmas hats at Christmas time, and it just so happens to be Raiders. And we won't say what happened this weekend, because um, if you're remotely involved in sports, you know. Um, but obviously Ben likes the Pats. I like the Raiders. But like Ben said, both both playoff hopes they're over, they're over. Yeah. So we can move on from yeah. the football Done. talk. Yeah, I've been good. How how are you doing, buddy? I'm I'm sure you're buzzing off that Sunday high, buddy. Yeah, it was a good. It was a it was good. You know, not gonna lie. I feel like <laughs> when when your team wins, it's just a better week. It is. I feel like it the is. Monday night or the Sunday, like you just feel a little more accomplished. Yeah. What do they call it? Uh, Victory Monday. Victory Monday. Yeah. It's yeah. just like good vibes. Yeah. 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 Makes not, the most I, Monday in tasks decent because then you think to yourself, like, oh, the boys won. We're good. I think this is the first time I ever felt a part of a team. Like, you know, like Lee fans are always like, oh, like we, like, like they always speak. The we factor. Yeah, yeah. The we factor. I've never really had that with a sports team. I've liked sports and sport teams, but I never really had that connection. And, and same thing with the Raiders. I've always been a Raiders fan, but like the last like three years, four years of the Raiders, I've really gotten into like that we factor. Like, yeah, I literally felt like I was Derek Carr on the bench in my living room when he was jumping <laughs> up and down. I was jumping up and down. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. That's kind of the same with me in football. I always like grew up a Pats fan, but lucky for me, I was able to just flick it on mainly during playoffs because they were there every year and it felt like watching half a season because that's how many games they'd play every fucking playoffs. Ooh, Humble Brad Flax. Eh? Yeah, but no, definitely since like university, late high school, more of a wee factor in the football football department for sure. But let, yeah, it let, feels good though. Feels good. Last question about football. Do you think the patch, well, not the patch, the Pats should <laughs> go with Zappy or stick with Jones? I, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Maybe try Zappy in a couple games ten of the season because they're probably not making playoffs. Uh, who knows? Maybe bring Brady back because he wants out to Tampa Bay, probably. Ooh. Massachusetts girls are way better. But you see his new girlfriend? Yeah, I know. It's absurd. <laughs> I don't think he's Insane. worried about females. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so at all. But let's get yeah. the band back together. We're going to take McDaniels back from you and Tom Brady and get everyone buzzing again. Edelman out of retirement. Could you imagine if he comes back to the Pats? That'd be fucked. Be so weird. It would be weird. Like, I don't think they'd do anything crazy, but it'd be cool. Fun to watch. You you think you'll do like a one-day contract with them? Like, you know, when guys retire? I don't know. know. He either comes back and like resolves a relationship, but I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, so you think think there's a bad relationship? Yeah, not a bad one, but like definitely not a good one where you'd want to do that. Like, they kind of are both arrogant and think they're the guys, so. Between Bill and Pat and Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. How about Bill? I don't want to drag this on any longer, but how about Bill, like, constantly losing to his ex-coaches? I, I, could, I can't get over that. He's like Ex-coaches in, that always have losing records, too. Yeah, he's like <laughs> one in eight now. I just I don't, don't. It's so, it's unfathomable, really. It but. is really wild, but who knows? Anyways, you know what was really wild this weekend was the PNC Championship at the Ritz-Carlton Golf and Country Club. I think it's called Grandfield or something like that. Um, It's in Orlando, Florida. A lot of hype, a lot of hype around Tiger and Charlie, um, but just really nothing. First day wasn't bad. They kind of got things going. They're only two behind Thomas. They played Thomas nasty. They were game. 59, and they were they were in the hunt for sure, but didn't feel like it because they were playing injured. And like, what do you think uh, of that whole injury, Charlie? <laughs> he's limping. His dad, like, yeah. I was sitting there with my dad watching it, and. I found it like whatever, like I knew that he rolled his ankle and kind of expected something like that. But there were times where it seemed super dramatic. And I also was like laughing because my dad's like, oh, whenever Tiger's got to do fucking Charlie has to do. Look at them limping around, fucking riding the golf carts. I'm like, all right, dude, he's 13 or 14. Give him a break. But it was kind of ironic that they uh, they were walking around limping pretty much the exact same. And But it, it pissed me off because I was so excited to watch him play and well, specifically Charlie, sorry, and with him having that injury, it just 
wasn't the same. He wasn't like hitting every shot a hundred percent. So I just, I felt like I wasn't able to watch like what his actual potential is right now, where you, if he was feeling a hundred percent, obviously I would have been able to see that. It seemed like though, I, I wasn't able to really catch the Sunday round. Um, I was playing golf, but um, <laughs> like he didn't seem, he seemed hurt obviously in the first time, but he was still like, you know, playing well. Obviously Tiger played really well. Um, yeah, Tiger was a But stud. the Sunday, like, did you see that his injury had more impact on it or they just didn't have it? I, from what I remember watching, like obviously Sunday I was bouncing back and forth between football and the golf, but yeah. the Saturday I feel like he looked visibly more in pain. Like he made a lot more like ow noises and shit like that. Um, but then on Sunday it seemed like he was swinging through or maybe like was dealing with it a little bit better, but they just didn't really have it on the Sunday. Like Charlie was making a lot of putts on Saturday. Tiger was playing sick on Saturday. Tiger still played well on Sunday, but I just don't think they were able to keep up that like you need such a good pace of birdies out there to win a tournament like that like you see there's five teams at the top that almost birdie every hole it feels like right so it's it's really tough and i just don't think i just don't think it was their day yeah i mean if you're not averaging basically 30 a nine you're you're out of the mix yeah exactly exactly and like talk about consistency dude vj and cats 26 under 59 59 hello sick Beat beat the dailies and Thomas's by two. Um, you know, Thomas's group on the Sunday just from like hole seven to like twelve or thirteen, they just couldn't get anything going. Like it was just par after par after par after par. And like we just talked about yeah. with, with this type of event, like you can't have that happen. You need yeah. like you said, you need to make you need to basically have six birdies and nine or be six under throughout the nine. Mm-hmm. And then the woods had two bogeys, so that killed their momentum, especially the first one. The first one in a, two, a scramble, dude, and you make a bogey, that just knocks all the wind out of any <laughs> sail that you have. 100% because it just kind of short term, you just look like you can't rebound, right? No yeah. matter how many birdies you feel like you're going to get, or could well, get, it's like that bogey just a punch in the face. Because arguably, you know, you lose two shots in a way, especially with these guys. Well, guess who's interrupting? Oh, us? fly, man. What's going on? Who's that? I'm recording. Raiders. <laughs> He's saying Raiders, eh? So good at that. So good at that. Um, but yeah, no, especially the two shots. Cause like, if, if you think about, up, you know, they got most of them make, you know, it's 70% of them make birdies on the, on one of the holes and then you yeah. can make a bogey. It's kind of like a two shot swing, but great yeah. to see VJ win. Honestly, dude, that guy was, was a he was, he's honestly <laughs> my favorite golfer growing up. I remember when he was a big Cleveland guy. Cause Drew's dad was, used to be a Cleveland rep and they used to have to have the high bore. Remember that, that hot driver that has like a dip in the back. Yeah. <laughs> like inverted. Yeah. And they did like a commercial and it's like, it's like really cool music and he's like vj just hit that 330 uphill into the wind i used to watch it all the time <laughs> yeah. and like he was just sick but well, dude i think our first ever video posted on our on our instagram was vj saying just yeah. grinding it out dude and it's like funny Hawaii because you're some shit yeah some dude was like some dude got the video that we had and was like dude i'm buying a tire for christmas because he's out there slugging the tire right hitting yeah, it, and he was yeah. hitting bombs with the driver seriously he's he so said- consistent they they made a thing where he was, he said he wasn't feeling it really on Saturday, which I don't know how. He was, you know, 59. But then on Sunday on the range, someone was like, dude, just take it back a little further. And he, that extra little, like, couple inches of his taking it back, he was able he made to. made his timing a little bit better or something. Yeah, yeah. But, dude, get this, dude. I know we probably said this before, but his 2004 season, dude, VJ had nine wins. The next best to him, Ernie Ellis had three. He had 18 top tens. Next best to him was Tiger with 14. And he made eleven million dollars. I know it doesn't sound like that much now, but even like Scotty, I think he like made like twelve or something last year, right? Like, and Ernie, yeah. Ernie was the next closest, five point seven. This was the year I'm pretty sure they changed the FedEx Cup playoffs because he won the FedEx Cup before really the FedEx Cup even began. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I know. Just He's adult, insane. Dude, nine yeah. wins. And what you have to do, remember that number, the eleven million earned, because what I'm going to talk about in a little bit about some of the money earned from 2022 season, it actually does sound like a lot when you put it in perspective like 11 million in 2004 was insane yeah stupid amounts dude stupid amounts what also i didn't like too and this kind of i know we're going back to tiger and charlie but like this is the whole pip thing i'm talking about and i think it's completely rigged for tiger even though vj and cast won it was like the tweet was like or the headline was like vj and cast shoot 26 under to win the pnc championship 
Tiger and Charlie just couldn't come back. Or like they yeah, always have like, why do you have to include him in the in the in the title? Yeah. Like it, give it the credit like, to VJ and his son. Puts you know, a they, shadow on everyone else. Yeah, which I kinda it kind of dampers everything, man. Like and like there's a couple other guys. I know you want to get into a couple other people, but like Will McGee too. Like that guy was hilarious. And like same thing, yeah. like he obviously got a lot of looks, but at the same time too, still it overshadowed like because of the tiger effect. Like I feel like the media's got to do a little better job, especially on like an event like that when you're dealing with people's family and kids, like to let other like th- there's got to be different lights shown. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah, because at that point, like this whole tournament seems like it's got to be. Sorry, I just punched my desk. <laughs> but this whole tournament seems to be more about like the families and kind of the camaraderie around the game. And you saw Lee Trevino out there getting interviewed a few times. Like that guy is fucking special. He's such a happy dude, and all he talks about is how he loves playing golf. He still plays 18 once in a while, but he hits balls every day for hours. Like, it's just about the true passion of golf and how it gets passed down so many generations. Like, to me, that's more of the stuff that needs to be covered, which should be covering more of the families rather than just Tiger Charlie, Tiger Charlie. And them getting hurt with, you said, the pip stuff. Like, I could not imagine how much that just increased attention because them healthy would have been disgusting how much attention. But as soon as Charlie rolls his ankle... That's way more money and for Tig. <laughs> he did it on the range, right? I know. So stupid. Like, like such a minor league fucking thing. Like, and, and so he's wearing kids. the opposite running shoe, like on the <laughs> He's not even wearing like a golf shoe. He's wearing a running shoe. Like, dude, like you couldn't make it up. I know. It's, it was pretty funny. And I just think, I don't know, like Tiger and Charlie, mainly Charlie already had a pretty good kind of persona of being like a grinder, like for such a young age and kind of a tougher kid, maybe. And then all of a sudden he rolls his ankle and it's just like he's limping around. Yeah, like, I want to sure, s- maybe it was hurt, but fuck, like it looks. I want to see these medical files. Like, was it a two, <laughs> two, two level strain, three level strain? Like, like yeah. how bad was it? Was it like, or was it just ankle? a like, rolled ankle? Like, was it yeah. rolling ankle? Like when you're in recess and you're like, oh, and then you're out like a couple plays and you get back into it, or like, yeah. then you're I running routes. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> you know, it was probably more than that. Like, I'm not chirping him. Like you said, he's 13 years old, but the same time, like, it was kind of gim gimmicky from a standpoint of like his dad like it it, because of their mannerisms like it's kind of funny funny. it was funny it was tough to not smile a little bit because it was just it seemed too like unreal like hilarious and tiger like haters must have like just loved the fact he just ripped them apart ate it up yeah like all these old guys like my dad are fucking ripping into charlie just because they're mad they couldn't be him i'm like dude (laughs) yeah let's rip into the 14 year old who's a phenom and tiger's kid and like plays all the golf he wants yeah like what a shit life he has (laughs) and it's it's funny you talk about the phenom. So after you end up leaving Florida, um, Canelo and I were like going through that episode and like the wild shit. We were like, he, he said that Charlie was going to win five to six tournaments in a year. Like <laughs> yeah, we're going back. I'm so glad like you, you railed your like thoughts back. You're like, he's going to be a top 15 player. Like, and I kind of yeah. dialed mine back. Not as much as you. I said he was going to win, <laughs> I think five majors. And that's all I kind of left it at, um, which is still a shit ton, but I'm glad you were able to dial it back. Cause some of the shit, dude, we looked up. There's like a handful of kids that are better than him at his mm-hmm. age. Like yeah. handfuls. Yeah. And it's like just so funny. just that- getting deeper. And like, yeah, he, it's so young. Like it, he's so young and it's so hard to say how good they're actually going to be. Like that's like judging a kid in hockey. Sorry, another hockey reference. But when he's like eight and no one's hit their growth spurts and he's playing triple A and has like three points a game. Like, yeah. dude, that could easily be gone and. A matter of years and that's similar to golf maybe a little bit different because of the physical aspect but like still it, a lot can change in just a couple of years time and, and like you could see that change for the positive so far for charlie with him getting so fucking big and his hands being the size of a pumpkin but like <laughs> and, and was this was this like the first time that we've we've seen charlie be human in terms of like kind of it letting is, loose it, it well it just in his short if you want to call it a career like his short line, oh, line in terms like, of his golf game, I like see. just being human, like oh, he can get hurt, like he, like you know, what I mean, there's other factors yeah. in life that are gonna prevent him from being good at golf, and it, yeah, one of them he's could doing be injuries. club one drops of- and shit, the one hand finishes. It's like, see, this kid isn't perfect. Nobody is. Like he, yeah. the game is the game of golf, and you're never gonna be perfect. So, yeah. but 100. percent But I did like seeing a bit more of his personality. Like Tiger, maybe stop shielding him as much from the from the public. Um, and then the, in the interviews and stuff, giving chirps out to the Thomases or to his own dad. Like, what, I thought that was pretty funny. What do you think of Thomas making the comment with the Snoopy hat? Did you see that? Yeah, I really want to know more about it because nothing was really said. It seemed like Charlie is already too well trained because there's definitely some funny story to it. But he like kind of denied it or deflected it. I heard that it was apparently it was a bet 
that happened pre-match a lot because he said he he said it fit well he he said he got on like a school field trip and it fit well yeah he's like i found it in my closet and it fit well yeah yeah like are you kidding me like you're right there's got and apparently like they like bones and like mike and them like mike thomas all all day were just calling him snoopy yeah yeah so there's got to be something to it but like Tiger said, he goes, no, 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 we don't need to bring this out. We don't like just shut it down right away. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, good answer to the to the really short answer that Charlie gave. So there's definitely more to it. Maybe we'll find it out one day. Might get leaked out by uh, one of the parties, but Maybe so. I don't know. I, I quickly want to talk about Will McGee now that we want to mention of shining a bit more light on some of the other kids in the in the event. But that's uh, Annika Sorenson's son, who's 11, sixth grader, sixth grader, which. I think is the youngest person ever playing the tournament. I don't think Charlie was even that young because I think he was 12 or 13 the first time he played in it. Yeah. Um. This kid's a rake in terms like he's such a skinny oh, little boy. kid. Like you, <laughs> did you see when him and Charlie met like Tiger yeah. and them all introduced each other? Yeah. You could see vividly how Charlie was like a beast among boys. Like it was just, yeah. it was hilarious. But I, I mean, dude, when Charlie was that age too, he, Charlie is definitely not to go back to Charlie, sure. but has definitely like I'd like to see Will when he's 13, 14. You never know. He, he, he yeah. could be similar, but anyways, yeah, continue on. For sure. But yeah, he was, uh, he was really good. And it was also funny seeing a bit of his character. Cause he looks up to tiger and everything like that. And he, uh, he got interviewed mid round cause he was walking at a bunch of putts, right? Like he had some pretty solid putts. They finished T 17. Um, so they made a lot of birdies out there and he goes, yeah, like, I don't know, like being next to tiger, like on the range and seeing my idol, blah, blah, blah. Like I have a little bit of swagger, like walking in the putts, like some of the older guys. And I just thought it was really cool, but he was, uh, he was sweet out there. Seems like a really nice kid. His mom's definitely still got game. And I feel like just that bond that they have on the course during that tournament is something that's just so irreplaceable. I don't know if you saw any of it, but it, it was super cool. Yeah, I did. And the dad was caddy. And I think, uh, yeah, cause yeah. he made a couple comments about <laughs> some of his shots is like Annika was hitting. Did you, did you see Annika's wedge shot where like, she stuck it to like a foot, but her head yeah. dude moves like before the like looks like me dude, lifting her head up. The like... fact <laughs> that she could she hit that, I don't know if it was if you want to call it luck or just sheer skill that she could keep her hands waiting. But like, dude, her head was up before. Yeah, she made contact with a golf ball. Her eyes thought the ball was midair before they made contact for sure. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. no, but I yeah. getting back to Sam. I I or not Sam. Getting back to Will. Sorry, I agree with um what you're saying like i think he was great man he is stodge wearing jordans he's got the yeah. hoodie on like, he's got the he's hoodie just... the sweats like and the that's kind of like the new era of golf right it's kind of more mm-hmm. free range it's not as much t- like tailed back for like you know being i don't want to say classy because like it wasn't like he wasn't classy but you know mm-hmm. a little bit more freedom to show your personality on the golf course right yeah and the commentators are in my opinion shockingly accepting of it like i thought maybe one of the older commentators would make kind of just a a little bit of a, I was about to say Snoopy. I got a Snoopy in my head, a Snoopy joke, but uh, like a little joke about like, oh, look at him not really wearing the golf attire, but they were all for it. They're like, look at the kid's swagger. Like he's yeah. dressed in this and that. So I think it was just all around a success in terms of that pairing participating because it was nothing but good news in the golf world for sure. And, dude, she's a goat, man. Like her she's stats fucking insane, yeah. are stupid. Obviously, she's, I forget she's what it was. Older. It was like Tiger and her standing next to each other were like 25 majors. I could yeah. be wrong with that, but I think a few episodes ago, I I gave an update on what, on like her, I don't know, her stats in like mm-hmm. over a decade. But, but I think the, it was them two standing together combined for like 25 majors or something ridiculous, which is just yeah, crazy. stupid, stupid, crazy. But um, I guess what I meant to say when I said Sam, I meant to give Sam our our editor guy a shout out. Man, he that video he posted last last week was pretty sick. So. Sam, like, thanks for keeping the boys on on social media, the tabs, you know, those likes. Doing the stuff we can't, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So maybe she can get a picture of uh of Annika with that wedge shot. Cause I'll tell you, it, her head is up, <laughs> dude. If you haven't seen it. Um before we get into anything else, to kind of that, that kind of wraps up the PNC or what? Yeah, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about Monday cues and some Monday cues. So yeah, Monday cues, dude. I so I read this article from um uh, Adam, who's the Monday Q guy on Twitter, like I said, great guy to follow if you're like into following kind of new stories or, you know, guys that are grinding away, trying to trying to make it to the PGA Tour. So he did like a little article and he had 10 guys. Now, I didn't go through all 10 because some of the guys, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even know who they were. Um, <laughs> yeah. They obviously had they obviously got their PGA Tour cards, but I don't know, just for time's sake. So first kind of couple, um, 
Brooke Henderson. I didn't realize she was like a big Monday Q girl. So neither did I. This is news to me. She got she tried to apply for the LPGA tour underage, I guess get some type of kind of like a I don't know what you want to call it, but basically allow her to play under the age of 18. Right. And they were like, no, like you can't, which I didn't know that was a thing either. Um, but I guess it is. So she had the Monday cues. So anyway, she got into Monday cues and then eventually got enough points to, you know, stay where she needed to be. She got so, a roll going, yeah. Yeah. Another big guy who I didn't again, I completely forgot was Corey Connors. So now he had status on Corn Ferry, mm-hmm. but he Monday queued. He didn't have full status. He Monday queued into the Sony and came T third. And then Ew. and then dude got Monday queued into the San Antonio. Um, I think it's a Valspar, maybe Valspar. Mm-hmm. Dude, he won a six for one playoff on the Monday queue and then and then won the and then won the event. And that's, that's how he not, that's how he locked yeah. up and that that's how he locked up his tour card. So like those are two things I I didn't even realize. Like obviously he, he you know he probably would have made it eventually. Mm-hmm. Who knows having status on Corn Ferry, but still to lock it up that quick with a T three and a I was win. about to say that's a very quick like Monday Q route. Like normally Monday Qs can be like a bit of a grind through multiple yeah. years, and maybe that was still a couple years. But I, like you said, I don't know. And uh, like to fucking finish that well in the actual tournaments after grinding it out on the Monday, that's just a lot of. A lot of days of good golf consecutively <laughs> fucking yeah. crazy and like it's funny we talk about like, being able to close it out like it's so weird for guys like trying to close out a pj tour sunday and then trying to like because like these ones are huge man like the monday cues to get in to like have an opportunity like a lot of guys say like the monday queue is the worst worst thing in golf <laughs> because it's so hard yeah like dude if you don't shoot really 65 see you later like your like, percentage of getting through is just so so slim. Yeah, it's, and I'll get into like a couple. Winning a small lottery. I'll get into a guy that absolutely. Did, I don't know if you know that, but destroyed the Monday cues. Anyways, next big guy we have Will Zalatoris. So same thing. He had Corn Ferry, or sorry, he Monday into a Corn Ferry event. Um, came T forty one in Panama, then Monday into another one in Savannah, which is a Corn Ferry event. Came T twelve, mm-hmm. and then followed that one up because he played the next week into. Uh, he got another tie tenth, so he had like a T twelve, a T ten, and a T forty one, and like a span of three events, and got enough. Obviously, was able to play, got enough points, yeah. and then and then made the PJ tour. Didn't have to go through final stage or whatnot. Um, another big one, Cam Young. So same thing. He had status, which obviously helps, but still, he had mm. had a T eleven and a Monday queue in Nebraska, which got him into the following week and finished T fourteenth. Yeah, and then that obviously gets him enough points, you know to um to play rest of the hot, year and then hot, eh? yeah and then hot, just continue it. it. Yeah. Well now he's number 16 in the world. Sal Torres is number seven. But the dude, Mr. Monday Q and a lot of people are gonna hate <laughs> this name, but Patrick Reed, dude. Do you know have you heard about like have you heard about him with Mondays? No. Dude, he qualified for in one season six Mondays, including three in a row. Which is dude, I, I'm not a huge Patrick Reed fan, but that is unfathomable. That's unheard of. Yeah. Six in a year, I don't know how he doesn't just like row. get status straight away after seeing like even the three in the row, like to screw the other three. But how do you see that and be like, and, yeah, no, keep grinding them out, buddy. <laughs> well, think of it. He's, he's going like he's Monday, then Thursday, Friday. I don't know if he made cuts in everyone, but like he's going Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday Q. And then Thursday, Friday, maybe miss a cut, you know, then Monday Q. And dude, getting into Monday, like getting into a Monday to the Thursday, if you're not like a PGA Tour player, it's it's stressful, right? Because you you don't really know you're getting in until like Monday night. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go figure out, you know, where you're staying. Yeah. You know, get all your credentials. Your family's come. Like, dude, it's a lot. So basically, by like Tuesday afternoon, like you're just getting to the golf course and like actually practicing. Then Wednesday's the pro am, so you can't even fuck. It. They don't want you there. Yeah, <laughs> so you're just hitting <laughs> golf balls, and then Thursday you're playing. It's yeah, a it's, it's a pretty it's tight like turnaround for guys that get in that don't usually get into Mondays. Um, I think that's such a cool story though. Every time, like as much as it probably sucks if you're doing it a bunch of times, but to have that happen to somebody a couple of times in their life is got to be one of the coolest experiences being like, Hey mom, dad, like fly out to here. Like I'm playing in a tournament in like three days and like your buddies are flying out. Like the adrenaline just because of the spontaneous part of it, I feel like is just it, so electric. It's nuts, man. It's like, I've had a few like, and it, it's like the, to me, I guess it's a little different, but, it'd be like getting called up to your first pro event every time because it's it. If you're like, 
in a minor league and getting up to a major league, like, and you have a contract with the teams, like it's kind of like known almost that eventually you're probably going to get called up. You're going to go move back and forth. But like with golf, like a week can change your entire life. So like, yeah, you, you get one opportunity. You never know that's coming again. So every time you get that phone call, it's like, holy shit, dude, this guy's made it. Like, it's like you're playing your first, you know, NFL game or first NBA game or first NHL game. Cause it's just like, you never know when you're going to get again, unless you obviously do well, but they're like, as you call me a couple times, they're, they're sick phone calls, dude. Like, they're like, this is stoked. Like get me on the one way flight. And then you look 100%. at flights and it's like, ah, I can't, I can't make this one, but <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe get into you're like week. scoping the, the cheapest one out. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, he, yeah. So anyways, to continue with Patrick Reed, he got in six, three in a row. And then after that, like you're saying, he got six sponsor exemptions mm-hmm. based off his, his work. Um, and he had a T 11 and basically off of that, he was able to get in. He didn't get his tour card, but he was able to get to final stage. And yeah. then played well at final stage and, and continue. He also did that with his wife, Justine, on the bag for everyone, which is nice. Nuts little duo there. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Just thought I'd throw those in. That's a, that's a good little, you know, kind of, it doesn't just happen. Paints a picture for, yeah. Paints a picture for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we can get into the masters now. You, you kind of want to lead this off. I know you had some points or do you, you want me to kind of. Yeah, you can start us off, honestly. I mean, it's nothing too crazy to go in depth about. It's kind of just a big headline that I feel like we need to touch. But yeah, if you want to start it off and maybe ask you a couple questions on it. Cool, yeah. So the Masters today announced, funny enough today, which is awesome that we, we got this today, not yeah. tomorrow. We'll be a week late. Um, you know, live guys are good to go. They, It's kind of weird, too. They made like a uh, a comment in their in their like ladder because obviously it's Augusta. Everything's formal. Um like oh we're we're like like not happy with the way that things have gone with with it but you know we want mm-hmm. the best players at at our event and carry on with it and they could have made a statement dude they could have said nah we're like we're not doing this like and yeah. I think it would have helped, changed a lot of minds of people right like for sure would have been six roughly I think sixteen golfers would have been that's from live that would be eligible to play in the Masters this year so they would mm-hmm. have lost you know and the Masters is a short field it's not like it's a huge no, field it's so like seventy five ish like, I want to yeah. say. So like what a fifth, yeah, it is pretty Almost. pretty nuts. So I'm glad they didn't. The thing that we've talked about forever, but live is that dude. If they do it like this, the majors are going to be so big now. Yeah, and like so much hype around it. Like it's going to create more viewership for sure because a lot of people are going to tune out until the majors. Yeah. So what I was going to say though, if you're talking about majors as in plural, like do you think the treatment from the other major committees are going to now allow it? Like allow the live guys and whoever else to come play in their tournaments. Then now that the Masters has, so the the British already came out and said they're like they will always have everyone, right? So the Masters, so it would just be now the U.S. and the PGA, right? Yeah. So I think at this point, if the U.S. Open doesn't allow it, I think their tournament is going to take a hit. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you have two or four? It just makes the British and the Masters the biggest tournaments of the year. Yeah, which I mean, in my opinion, they already are. But I mean, why would you want to separate them? Even oh, more? really? You you think the British and the Masters are too too big? Obviously, the PGA yeah. to me, yeah, is is the fourth, like is the lowest of the four of the four. Obviously, it's a major, but um, I mean, Masters to me is number one. I think there'd be nothing better than as a Canadian. I think as an American, I would like the U.S. Open. I think it's on fa- Father's Day weekend. You know, it's very historic. I think that would probably be, be bigger, but. I don't know. No, it's definitely for me, Masters and the Open, because it's like the tale of two worlds. And in, in that sense, it's like you get the Augusta, which it's like never changed. Most tradition pretty much in any sport ever, or like I would say tie any other tradition um, and is massive in the States as well. And then the British Open is just like on the other side of the world or not the complete other side, but it's across the pond and it just different golf different experience and once again more tradition that's like the home of golf um one of the oldest tournaments ever and i i still think that like having the two being the biggest and also the most different it always makes it one and two for me i don't know i would maybe interchange them one and two but i don't know you wouldn't care then you wouldn't care then if the u.s open didn't allow live guys and same thing with the pga I would care because I like having them big as well. Like there's no doubt the U S open is another one of my favorite tournaments by a mile, but I would like to see the separation be smaller by everyone just going to all the tournaments rather than two of them getting even more separation in my opinion, like I said, yeah. than, than the other two. So we'll have to see, I guess it'll be interesting, but I'm also really curious to see specifically at the masters. Um, 
like what do you think the fans and like or i guess they call them patrons will be like yeah like what do you think they're gonna be like in terms of reacting to the players that are there from the live or is there gonna be support or not man like, i don't know i think dude as a fan like in the last year and a half or since live started you've been ripped off as a golf fan entirely by not getting the best on best and i think having them all there dude i think there's going to be no issues i think people like there might be some like random like you know the random guy that says something after someone hits that's aggressive like in yeah. in comparison but i think for the most part dude i think it's going to be more players impacting players than it will be the fans like i think the fans are just like dude this is going to be great like this is going to be awesome we finally get to watch everyone that should be here yeah. that's here i think you're going to see maybe more flock between the players yeah, I like I, guys I that, are agree live, with guys that. that are guys that are PJ Tour guys, right? I think that's which where could be kind of sick though. Like to have a little Someone, bit more of that heated rivalry, like so, in the Masters, like they're kind of competing, like their guys want their guys yeah. to win, ideally themselves. But if they're completely out of contention, like they're not rooting on a live guy to be no. the PJ Tour guy, right? Like it's a little bit of fucking heat. And someone said, whoever has the opportunity to make pairings for the masters has oh. the best job <laughs> in the world. And if they don't put like a Rory, Phil, and Sergio in like a group, like yeah. don't even bother showing up for your job. Uh, yeah. See, to me, that makes it even better. Like the, oh, I didn't think the masters could get better, but that makes it better. Every big live guy, like the top 10 lives got live guys should be paired with the top 10 PJ tour guys and then throw, you know, a mix, like a, an add in for each group. Yeah. Be so good. So, so good. Like, can you imagine like a Rory, Cam Smith, Justin Thomas grouping? Be fucked. Or like, or like a like a DJ, Tiger, and Rory. Like a two like a two on one. Like, you know? Like a fuck, what would be another good one? Brooks. Yeah, like a Kepka has to be in one of those big ones for sure. Oh, yeah, dude. It'd, be, it'd be so sick. Like a like a like a, a Kepka DeChambeau and tiger or something like that oh my that would be a shit show poor tiger man <laughs> that'd be poor rory, throw rory in the mix that'd be yeah. dude, like i said they're gonna have a fun job 100 percent. that is gonna be very interesting to see and i'm looking forward to that um maybe we'll see if we if we call it right maybe we are the brainstormers in this situation but hopefully someone's uh, time, listening yeah time will tell time will tell um i don't know that's really all i had to say about that anything other other than that on the masters no i think the masters is good um yeah. it's kind of far away but just wanted to mention that obviously if you for haven't sure, if you're living sure. under a rock and don't know that by the time this is released um do you want to go into slim stats or uh let's see here i mean i could quickly mention just because we're kind of on the topic more of uh before we kind of go spontaneous with the stats yeah um i love that word this episode and i probably used it wrong there as well but anyway so spontaneous we were talking about, like yeah no that's were... it means it means like it means like random like radical like it just means like kind of yeah of the- it kind of does but so anyway you were talking about vj singh earning 11 million dollars in 2004 which kind of sparks my conversation about the 2022 earnings and kind of just some numbers around it so i'm going to go on a little bit of a splurge here but so 126 players on the tour this year this past year made at least a million dollars which is the highest ever never has there been more than 126 players to make over a million dollars um but i mean i feel like you would kind of expect that Yep. And if you average out the wage of the 240 men listed on tour, so there's 240 guys listed on the PGA Tour, the average salary then bumps up to 1.6 million, 1.62. Um, and then you go roughly five to 10 players make upward of 10 million each year between their regular earnings, like winning tournaments, as well as their FedEx Cup, FedEx Cup bonuses. But then you bounce all the way to the other spectrum, and then the, you have the lowest earner of the year, who has at least 20 starts, that is, um, is Joshua Creel. And he earned $115,976. So if you break it down to his 22 starts that he had this past year, that's about 5200 earned every start before expenses. So I know I threw a lot at you there, but what do you think? That's nuts. Like, obviously, he didn't retain his card. Yeah, I guess not, right? But one hundred fifteen thousand, dude. Like the spectrum's just insane there. Like you compare it to other other sports, and maybe yeah, you have NHL players, top of the league guys are making between ten and fifteen million, roughly, um, including bonuses and stuff like that, um, which is somewhat on par with what you see here on the PGA. They make a bit more, some of the really top guys. But I mean, you bounce to the lower spectrum of NHL guys who are starting 
majority of games, as with 20 starts on the tour is a lot of starts, they're earning still minimum like $800,000. So you jump from like 18, 000, or $18 million in the PGA from like the top earners and then all the way down to fucking a not super comfortable wage when your expenses are insanely high. Yeah, I mean, you would think at that level, he would probably have most of his expenses covered based off sponsorship. Um, yeah, I guess it depends on what you have for sure. Definitely. Because, dude, like he'd be coming out like if he had to pay for everything on his own. Dude, even if he paid like 30, 40% of his expenses, even if he got half of them covered, which I think is relatively mm-hmm. fair. You can do communal travel, communal stay, right? So you're getting, you know, but. You do tax depending on where the guy's from too. Watch he's from like New York or like LA. He's got <laughs> LA, fifty percent yeah. tax on it basically. So he's like fifty grand, dude. Like he's making less than like I don't know a decent amount of jobs, especially when you take in the expenses. Like say he has a regular home as well, where like a home base kind of thing. Plus, then you start mixing in flights, which maybe don't pay all the flights, and then travel. But I think the big killer there ends up being like the food. I think would add up a lot because. Yeah, the coaching, like, there's definitely a lot more to it at that point. And I just I just think it's nuts. Like, 5,200 per start really doesn't seem like that much. No, and that's why I think he would have – I'm going to say 75% of his of his cost covered by sponsorship. I think yeah. if, you get, if you get your PJ Tour card, you, you can definitely swindle some stuff. But mm. still, man, like, he comes out, he makes that much money. You know, he's probably only coming out with, like, 70 grand in his bank account at the high end, which is like yeah. obviously above average for the, for the average in America. But mm-hmm. I mean, dude, you're a professional athlete, like competing at the highest level. Cause dude, coaches are not cheap and they're not seeing that guy for free. Like, you know, Probably he's getting not, banged yeah. five, 600 bucks an hour for depending on the coach. Maybe, maybe he's worked down a little bit, but like, it's not like he's getting it for like 50 bucks an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so if he wants to get better, he's got to spend money. And then like 5,200 to start, like if he's flying, like dude, it's, that's a grind. And then he's away. I know 20, so he's away for 20 weeks of the year. Yeah. Right. So either his wife's staying home with the kids, if he has kids, I don't even know if he has a wife, but yeah, well, he's actually, he's in his thirties. So he probably yeah. does have some sort of family statistically. Yeah. That That's where I think the live thing makes a lot of sense where guys are like, okay, dude, he would have made, he would have made that a, a week. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. You're the, the lowest guy makes, I think a buck 20. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where the players are. That's where I think the players almost have it wrong. I think the like the big guys want more money. They want more money, but they should be advocating for the the lower end guys if they want to keep guys on the tour because that's where you I think you you make the connection between a guy like Joshua Creel and a Roy McIlroy. Yeah. If Roy's just saying I love the PJ Tour, it's about historic, it's about history, it's about this, mm-hmm. it's about that, like, and he's he's making his thirty million guaranteed a year with endorsements. Yeah, like he should be advocating for joshua that that's like dude our lowest guy on our tour made one hundred fifteen thousand dollars this year that's hardly enough for him to succeed at the level he needs to succeed to be a professional athlete yeah like you look and at I scotty think, i think he made almost 19 million dollars with yeah. all of his golf before endorsements and stuff like that so yeah and i'm not saying those guys should have a right to be able to do that because like obviously scotty had a hell of a year yeah but I think that's where they would make a bigger connection with keeping guys on tour and showing how strong the PJ tour is by helping those guys out and finding a way yeah. for them to get money. Just got to start kind of doubling that number towards like the very, very bottom. And like doubling those numbers is not going to hit the bottom line that much. If you're doubling the top numbers, sure. That's millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Your bottom, the bottom numbers, that's maybe still millions, but not tens of millions. Cause dude, you, you got to think too. And this is where I think people don't understand is that if you don't make now roughly 800 to a million dollars, you're not keeping your tour card, like not even sniffing it. Yeah. So not only now is he make 115,000 a year. Now he's got to drop down. If he, if he has enough points to final stage Q school in mm-hmm. corn Ferry. So now he's got to pay, start the grind again. pay for that. Start the grind again. If he doesn't qualify in top 40, now he's basically break even off a year. He might've made 30, $40,000 profit. Yeah. that he has to put in to getting his career back. Mm-hmm. Like that's, what's yeah. kind of nuts about it all. Right. Like, yeah, and like you're saying, if, if you double that or triple it to three, 400,000, at least he can like prioritize, like, you know, okay, I'm not worried about next, my next year. At least mm-hmm. I know my family's taken care of. If I want to still yeah. try to play golf, I still try to play golf. But when you come down to like break even points of like 50, yeah. 60 grand, and then you have to travel on your own expense. Cause you're not getting that sponsorship in corn Ferry. 
No. And if you don't have status on Corn Ferry, do a Monday queues that uh, you're not getting money from that. They got to right? find so, like a league minimum that they can pay like many other sports do on contract. It's like no matter who you are, if you're playing for someone in this league or in this case, if you're playing in the PGA Tour for the full season, there's a league minimum and it should be higher than that. And I think they just announced something like that. Did they not? Yeah, it is a little bit upgraded. Yeah, it's not. It is a lot better because they're covering a lot of expenses and stuff like that, which at the end of the day is kind of the deal breaker. But um, it, it just kind of reassures the fact that that stuff really needed to start happening and hopefully continues to grow within the like, coming five to ten years because it definitely can get better still. For sure. No, I agree. I think even now Golf Canada is doing like if a Canadian gets into a Monday queue, they give them some money, which I think is yeah. great. Yeah. They got to do that. Like they It's gotta... an expensive sport. You got to be able to fund it somehow. And Canadians, you know, we have a couple of big Canadian golfers, but let's try to get Canadians more in the mix. Like, you know, no reason we shouldn't be as dominant or not as dominant, but more dominant, sorry, than what we are. I was going to say as dominant, buddy. (laughs) That's a tough one. That's a tough one to go uphill on. (laughs) That would have been a hot take. Yeah. Spicy. Would have been hotter than Charlie winning five to six tournaments in a year and and being uh, (laughs) five to six majors. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a good piece. That's it it is. And And then to go back to VJ winning 11 million almost two decades ago. Yeah. So you look at that and that's where the real comparison was. Sorry. I guess I didn't conclude with it, but you look at Scotty making 19 million this year, um, including the FedEx cup bonus, which was, I think almost 5 million roughly. So you compare that to $11 million back in 2004. I would argue that the $11 million in 2004 is worth more now. Now I think that included, included his FedEx cup bonus. Like the eleven. Either million. way, either way, nineteen mil yeah. versus eleven mil, almost twenty years ago. Yeah, it would have been pretty close in value. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So it was a big year for VJ. Big year for VJ, and just topped it off with a father son championship. <laughs> Can't beat uh, it. All right, let's get into some slim stats here. This has been a long episode, but we should note that we're good. We're taking a two two week hiatus. We're gonna go no over Christmas. We're gonna we're gonna drop the next one uh, in January. So. It is a little longer, but um, we want to throw in, you know, just that extra nice episode. Hey, if you need to split it up over the holidays, listen to 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. You know, we'll take any listen we can get. Somewhat informational stuff this episode, too. So it's not like we're just spewing bullshit the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not like we've been talking about football for the last 20 minutes. (laughs) Um, All right. Slim stats. Here we go. So I got an onslaught of them for you, too. So be prepared. I just covered up my screen. Make percentage of a 15 footer. What do you think a tour pro make percentages from 15 feet? Uh, 38. Okay. I'm going to say something before I say yes or no. I know people are always like, oh man, these things are definitely like make like reruns of the same stats. They're not. They just, they evolve a lot of five handicap golfers, 15 feet, 10, 10 handicap golfers, 10 feet, like yeah. just kind of even numbers. So anyway, you said 38%. Yeah. 22%. Fuck. I knew it was going to be lower after That's I two said hours. It. What do you think a 5% or five? Five percent. It's not five percent. What do you think a five index is from fifteen feet? Uh twelve percent. Ooh, eleven. Ooh, okay, we're back. And that's that's Lou, right? Manage your expectations. Lou Stranger. He's on Twitter. He's a great follow. Um, and so basically, he's gonna start paying us. His, his <laughs> dude. I I just get juiced reading his stats. The uh-huh. main thing that he's saying here is reduce the three putts because the odds you making are missing the putt is a nine, 90% chance is a five handicap. So hear that Caleb, hear that Caleb. You don't need to hammer it 14 feet past on a 15 footer. You don't Ooh, need to make it. Shit. He went there. Pissed. He went there. Um, but yeah, basically minimizing your three putts, right? If every one of those 90% that you miss is a tap in, you know, you're, you're putting up well above average for, for, you know, you, or I guess people. Yeah. Here we go. Here's another one. 10% or again, not 10%. Sorry. I'm getting way too excited. 10 index makes bogey on a golf course on each hole. What percentage of the time? So you're a 10 handicap or 10 index. You show up to the first hole. What are the percentage are you making? 72% bogey or worse? 72%. Oh, okay. 58. That wasn't that bad. Wasn't that That's bad. nuts though. I think of it like, so when you show as a 10, think of the guys that get pissed when they make par. And or pissed, yeah, not when they make par, but when they make bogey, and it's like, dude, you had a sixty percent chance. Of I don't really bogey. get mad at bogeys unless it's on a par five, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, like if you could chalk me down for a four or five on almost every hole, like uh, that's not an ugly looking scorecard, at least in my opinion, for someone who doesn't play insane amount of golf. Like unless you're a pro, you take a four or five for bogeys, maybe the odd par like every day of the week. Yeah. 
I mean, you're also saying that you could get worse in bogey, but obviously that's not ideal. But if you can just keep it at the bogeys, like that's that's not too bad. So yeah, well, you have to put that in perspective. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because if you're a 10 index, you're probably like a 12 handicap or 11 handicap yeah. depending on the tees. So in theory, you're going to shoot 12 over. So I mean, 12 of eight, that's pretty much, I don't know what that percentage is. If I knew that, that would be pretty good. Hopefully it's 60 because then that just like explains what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't do that right. 12 divided by I always get confused when I do the, the calculator thing. If it's 12 divided by 18 or 18 divided by 12. Yeah, it's 66%. So yeah, exactly. So we're we're not far off. Okay, next one. Yards from handicaps that have a 50% chance of hitting the green. So I'm gonna give you an index and then I'm and then guess the yardage that is 50% for them to hit the green or not. Okay. 20 index. Um, once you get the first one, you're going to be able to kind of figure it out a little bit. Cause it, it definitely goes in like some type of 40, systematic... 40 yards. No, 92 yards, oh, good which job. is pretty good. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. from hundred yards. Yeah. I'd like to see that actually. Um, a 15 handicap. I think the yardage is 50%. Uh, 110. Oh, 110. The good one. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have nothing else to say. Uh, 10, 10 index. What do you think theirs is? Um, one sixteen. Oh, one twenty nine. It jumps. Oh, fuck! A it's bit really jumping. Yeah. Yeah. Five index. Um, one sixty two. One forty seven. Yeah. Scratch or uh, like scratch zero zero index. It's a green fifty percent of the time from probably one sixty five. Dude, the fact that you hit. Well, I guess two of. One, two, three, uh, two of five. Like on the number, though, is pretty. I'll nice. take that. That yeah, we'll take that. That's better odds than you making a bogey on a hole, eh? No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> I guess it's no not doubt. two of five. Is uh, yeah, I'm bad with math. Um, I agreed to it, so whatever. <laughs> the, the, I agreed to it. The last one, uh, <laughs> it's forty percent chance. So yeah, uh, almost. Um, last one we got for you: typical three hundred seventy-five yard hole. A five index. So this absolutely changed my complete perspective because I'm basically I've since fucking September I basically I'm I am a five. I'm actually I am yeah I'm a five. So this hits home with me. It just it settles all the anger I had on the golf course while we were away. But yeah, yeah. what's the average score per hole for a typical 375 yard hole for a five handicap five index? Now I don't know what typical means. Like maybe there's no water. It's just like a fairway and like some fairway. It's just a rough. very average difficulty par four, 375. Yeah. And you're a five handicapper, you're saying? Yeah. What do you think the average score is? Um, And it's not like a, like it's like decimal, like it's a decimal. Yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. six I or was, seven. I was or... thinking like 4.8 or 4.7. 4.5. Okay. So what Lou is telling me and telling everyone Par is a great score. Appreciate oh, the par. I don't yeah. do that enough. I don't. I don't. I yeah, take, you're I take a birdie pars for chaser, granted. man. Yeah, I you're a birdie for granted. No, Caleb's you're the guy. Chaser. And if you're like you two putt from twenty feet, you're like fuck, like tap in par, fuck, like should yeah. have birdie. <laughs> you're so right. Like, could have put it fifteen feet closer. Could have had a five foot putt. Probably could have made it. Yeah, it's like, dude, wake up. <laughs> wow, dude, well, not you did that, that pretty good. I, I I think if you talk to a lot of my buddies I play golf with, you kind of got that on like to a T. I've only played with you a few times, and I've already figured it out. <laughs> Just, just easy to figure out, right? Eh? Yeah, apparently. Huh? Unreal, unreal. Well, that kind of wraps up slim stats. That was a, that was a lot. I kind of haven't been doing them the last couple of weeks, so wanted to make sure mm -hmm. we got that in good before Christmas. Next thing we got, bet stamp. So, like I said, we're gonna take a two week break. So when we come back, the tournament or century tournament of champions will be played. So we're gonna come back that Tuesday. It's the tenth. So mm -hmm. with our bet stamp, get those referrals. The boys need them. Need them now. Need them in the future. You know, we want to be re-signed with BetStamp. So if you take the online session, we figured out instead of having to do seven betting apps, you only need to do three. So that call actually becomes like 35 minutes, 40 minutes, not yeah. even. So it's if we get light. you, that, that, that would be great. We'll have the referral link. We might even send out some uh, links to our fr friends just to get them provoked. Um, if that's the right wording for that, provoke the situation. Yeah, kind of poke at it. Just uh, own it, yeah. Just own yeah. it. Exactly, exactly. So my odds from the BetStamp, you know, the best betting app to see your odds, to see which betting program you want to go with. 
I picked up Morikawa with Caesars at plus 2,200 mm-hmm. to win. I think he's due. He has, since he's gotten married, he hasn't won anything. I think he's, you know, he's from Hawaii. It's in Hawaii. I think there could be a possibility. It's either going to one of two ways. He's either going to dominate and win, or I think he won't really be involved because there's obviously a lot of good golfers in order to get into this tournament. If you don't know, you have to win from the previous year. So it's every champion. So it is a smaller field. Um, mm-hmm. And the other guy I got, my boy, Xander Shoffley, dude, I I really want to see this guy win. He's at plus 1,400. Again, that was Caesars as well that I got him at. So I like that. Ben, what are you thinking? Yeah, so not too many books have the have the odds set up right now. So mine are on Caesars as well. For the post that I put out later this week, um, I can actually wait a little bit closer to the tournament and we'll we'll change them based on what's provided because uh, obviously we want to find those best odds thanks to Betstamp. Um, but as of now, I'm going to go with Cameron Young. Wow. Thanks laptop for that sound. Cameron Young at plus 2,500. Uh, if you want to throw them each way, I always suggest doing that. It kind of covers your ass if they come top five and have a really good week still. Um, it's how I make a lot of my money when I bet golf. And then my second player, I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth at plus 2000. So kind of both in that plus 2000 to 2,500 range, hopefully squeeze a little bit better numbers from somewhere, uh, in the near future. But I don't know. Spieth looked all right. His game seems to be coming around. I'm hoping he, hoping he has a big year. Um, and Cameron Young, obviously a big sophomore year coming off that rookie of the year season. Uh, I think he could be deadly. So either of those two guys, let's uh, let's ride with them. Unreal. Unreal. Love it. Love it. I'm going to call a couple buddies too. Matthew, you know who you are. Get the bet stamp app, baby. You know, <laughs> Cam, Cam, you know who you are too. I don't need to say last names because they know exactly who I'm talking about. Burnsy. I guess I just said his last name. Kyle. You figure it out. You get the bet stamp app. I'll send you a link. All right. We got to get this thing rolling. Oh, yeah. Dirty, dirty. All right. Well, I mean, any last comments before we wrap up for the, the holiday season, we'll say? <laughs> Nothing but happy holidays, dude. Enjoy your time uh, time away from this a little bit. Regroup, bring back some energy. And uh, yeah, hopefully the Raiders lose the next fucking two or three games just to make up for that. <laughs> That was so, the way you started that, that was so nice. I got so <laughs> nice and jolly, if you were to say. And then you ended with that. That is just brutal. Well, what do you got to say, man? I'll let you have one more crack at the can. I was just going to say, you know, happy holidays, because we don't know if everyone celebrates Christmas on this podcast. So uh, me and Ben are both big Christmas guys. But happy holidays to those that maybe don't. Um, and happy New Year, because we won't see you to, to, the, to the New Year. So I hope you, you know, what do they say? The health, happiness, and... Uh, what's the third one? Gung Hei Fat Choi. Gung Hei, what does that mean? Happy New Year. Oh, Gung Hei Fan Choi. <laughs> All right, it's time to wrap it up. Cheers. We'll we'll catch All you right. in 2023, Ben. It's always a pleasure. Cheers, Ben.